1: In that case, I pronounce
0: you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lock Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to the Get Better Wellness Radio Show. This is Erin Chamberlain coming to you live from Chicago, Illinois. And today we are going to explore the topic of feeding real food to our children and babies and um, unfortunately sometimes we get the wrong advice from people that we thought we could trust and you know we're having some issues here with our kids we have um, more than a third of children and adolescents are overweight or obese and one in three are gonna have diabetes unless something changes that's what the the numbers are showing And this is just a problem that's getting worse. Um, Childhood obesity has doubled in children and tripled in adolescents in the last 30 years. So, you know, we're like a dot point here when you think about how long man has been walking the earth. So what's been going on in the last 30 or 50 years? And maybe we're not feeding those kids right. So today I have um, Anna Durhock on the line with me to explore this topic a little bit further. Welcome, Anna. Thanks, Erin. Thanks for having me again. So, yeah, this is Anna's second time being on the show, and she has a degree in dietetics and an MS in nutrition and is a licensed nutritionist um, for the state of Minnesota. And she's on staff at Nutritional Weight and Wellness A company that Darlene Kvist has started and is doing um, great work up there in Minnesota so I invited Anna my um, youngest is graduating high school on Friday so I don't remember (laughs) those days and and if I did I'd cry because I wasn't a real foodie then and we (laughs) ate you know a lot of um, peanut butter and jelly on white bread and Kraft mac and cheese and Fruit Loops and NutriGrain bars, and you know, I apologize to them all the time. I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, Anna, tell us how old your children are.
1: Um, okay, so my oldest will be seven in, in two weeks, and then I have a five year old and almost a three year old. So, I'm kind of right in the mix okay. of it all. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh,
0: you know, this is another good angle too, because part of what I want to talk about later is um, how do busy parents eat real food and prepare real food? So you qualify for that too, with three children uh, (laughs) under seven, and you're working as a nutritionist. So you have um, a lot to bring to the party today. (laughs) Yes, I do. Yes. Yeah. So. If you want to um, catch our last show together, it was, um, you know, on Real Food Nutrition for a Healthy Pregnancy, and you can just go to iTunes and put in Get Better Wellness, and you will um, find all of the archive podcasts. So, um, you know, we can take this a a lot of different directions, but let's just start with... um, the obesity epidemic, like what you know, what are some of your thoughts on that? Is it just that our kids have all become couch potatoes?
1: <laughs> Absolutely not. Although sedentary activity has increased, uh, with all the video games and things like that. But I know for a fact, um, looking at research and just seeing um seeing kids in in our offices that it is definitely more of a food related issue. Um I see a lot of kids who live on cereal and pasta and they are um and the school lunch program is just atrocious. I don't know how bad it is in Chicago, but it's terrible up here in Minnesota. Um and and so what is happening is we're just eating a lot more sugar in in relation to the healthy fats and proteins that our kids need to grow. And so we're seeing kids you know, 12 years of age who are pre-diabetic already and have, who are, you know, 40-plus pounds overweight for their age. And um, so I, I know it's, I, I mean, and I know it's a lot of juice and it's soda that our kids are drinking. I hardly ever drink soda when I was a kid. I mean, it was like a special treat. So I think it's a combination of all the sweet beverages we're drinking plus, or they're drinking, plus the um, the processed carbohydrates that they you know, they're snacking on all day long, especially in the summer. I see it if, you know, the parents are um, gone, and I see this more in, you know, like adolescents, but when the when the parents are gone at work and, you know, they have free reign of the refrigerator, they're eating, you know, Doritos and, um, you know, hostess snacks, and they might not even be eating real food um, for most of the day until their parents get home and have dinner. So I think it's a combination of that plus all the the sweetened beverages that are available to our kids today.
0: Right. There's so much available to all of us, not just our kids. But if you just stroll through the aisles at the grocery store, um, you know, it's like you look at the packages and, and it's like, where's the food? What What is that? Right. You know, I can't pronounce it. I don't know where it came from. It's probably not something we should be putting in our bodies, but unfortunately it, it somehow passes any scrutiny, <laughs> if there is anything, <laughs> and um, right. so just you know, then all of a sudden people are like freaking out, like, okay, so I'm not supposed to feed cereal? We thought that was healthy, right?
1: <laughs> right. And right. um yeah. So what
0: kind of you know cereal is bad for kids?
1: Well, I'm mostly talking about the cold cereals, and it doesn't matter if it's Fruit Loops, like you we're talking about, or yeah. if it's Smart, you know, or if it's Smart Start. I mean. I I go through this with with people in my classes but Smart Start turns into about 10 teaspoons of sugar per cup in the body. And mm-hmm. most people think it's so healthy because it's got the fiber and it's got all these nutrients added, but that's the point. They're added. They're they they were stripped before and then they had to add them back in because there wasn't any nutrients left. So, you know, it's it's a kind of a a double-edged sword because there's so many misconceptions about how to eat. You know, and so people get themselves Mm -hmm. into trouble by listening to one group of people and then now we're saying, you know, don't eat cold cereal. Um, You know, but, I mean, small amounts of oatmeal are fine. And, you know, if you make like a hot cereal out of quinoa, I mean, that would be fine. But the cold cereals are basically just going to turn into quite a bit of sugar in the body. And most people can't handle that amount of sugar.
0: Oh and then God. they're adding milk and bananas and have a glass <laughs> exactly. of orange juice so by the exactly. time they they leave for school there's you know how many teaspoons of sugar maybe even you know half right. to a whole <laughs> cup of sugar <laughs>
1: yes exactly so i mean
0: so I usually... we have a lot of go jacked up kids <laughs> go ahead and i
1: think I think that's the problem with all the behavioral issues whether it's ADD or you know just lear- learning disabilities like dyslexia and things I think they're they're so hyped up on the sugar that they can't calm down and then they have these you know they act out and or they're falling asleep at their desks because they can't focus you know I think that's a huge issue today
0: Yeah and then the um I heard this the other day that um Well, we don't need grains as a staple, like we're told. Um, The base of the pyramid is really wrong, and um, it was put together by people who actually benefit from us eating more grains, the USDA. (laughs) But in 1943, this is, maybe you've heard of this, but it was new to me, Um, the U.S. banned the sale of um, processed grains because it was causing beriberi, you know, a, a, deficiency of B vitamin but um, yes. but then, you know, so we couldn't eat cereal, processed cereal in <laughs> 1943 um, until the food manufacturer saved the day and figured out if they added synthetic vitamins that we could get back on the market with that cereal, so that tells you something. Yes, <laughs> and like that you said, it's, tells you it's that not good, not good vitamins yeah. being added. Yes, and so, that's, and that's all right. the problem. We're not eating cold it. cereal. Um, mm-hmm. what, you know, what other kind you know, things are uh, kids maybe eating, like Eggo waffles and, um, <laughs> you know, flavored yogurt, squeezy things, nutri yes. bars, you Nutri-gring know. Bars. So what's going on with that stuff?
1: Well, that's, I mean, sometimes that can have even more sugar in it, you know, depending on, or if they're eating like YoPlay Lay yogurt with, um, you know, a bunch of Kellogg's granola, that's. That's mm-hmm. even more sugar than a bowl of cereal. So, um, and it's got a bunch of added colorings in it, and it, you know, it's and a lot of times it has artificial sweeteners, especially that light yogurt. Um, mm-hmm. I know for a fact, YoPlay Light has aspartame in it. Um, oh boy! And then, even, and then even Activia. I mean, that the low sugar stuff has sucralose, which is Splenda. So we're getting we're either getting a bunch of you know white sugar or we're getting a bunch of artificial sweeteners which are actually 10 times worse for our brain than the other stuff. So, mm. yeah, I think that's why you know our kids are they're they're having all these issues, especially brain issues because there's there's no real nutrients, there's no good fat going into their brains. It's all this
0: artificial stuff. So, right. So- Let's talk about that fat thing for a little bit. Now, when a baby is born, <laughs> it's um, you know it's supposed to be a little chubby, and and it's supposed to be breastfed in the ideal world. I know that sometimes doesn't work for people, but sometimes we're just choosing to not do it because of convenience. And um, and so, what's in you know the breast milk that gives the baby the the you know nutrients that it needs?
1: Can you talk about that a little bit? Um, Yeah. So there's a specific um, essential fatty acid called DHA, which actually we get from fish or algae. Um, So algae, uh, the fish eat algae, and that's how they get the DHA, and that's how us humans uh, assimilate it. Um, But DHA makes up um, close to 60 to 70% of our brain matter. Um, and so it's like most of our, when somebody calls you a fat head, that's a good thing because most of our brain is fat. You want it to be that good right. <laughs> Um And then the, the rest of it is water and cholesterol and obviously vitamins. So that cholesterol is super important too. And so if the mom's been eating a low-fat diet, maybe hardly ever eats fish, you know, or does not supplement with a good omega-3 fish oil, then what happens is that, that breast milk, even if she does decide to, Nurse is very deficient in d h a and that baby doesn't get that initial good fat for their brain, so that sets them up for um you know already learning disabilities or um you know later on depression things like that that affect um you know how our brain works so but if if the woman is getting great omega threes then her baby's gonna get all this wonderful d h a for brain development, for focus, all those things that go into how our brain functions. So um, that's like... Right, I mean, that's and I'm so sad
0: for the moms who don't get this information because they, um, you know, maybe they're breastfeeding, like you said, but they're trying to lose their baby weight and they're eating low fat and, you know, yes. high grain and <laughs> and yes. they're not getting the nutrients to their baby, like you said. So what, what can they do... Um, what let's start with the mom, what kind of diet yeah. you know, we did talk about that in in depth last time, but just give us a few bullet points for the the mom yeah. who's listening.
1: Yeah, so um the first thing is just um even while you're pregnant you can be supplementing with a good DHA or an omega three fish oil. Um and you can find them all over. Um just make sure you get 'em at a at either a co op or a natural food store. Um because the other ones tend to be rancid. That's why they're so um, cost-effective. Um, so make sure you get it from a reputable nutritionist or even an MD that knows a little bit about nutrition, <laughs> at least. Yeah. Um, you know, so like Metagenics would be a great brand, or Nordic Naturals, um, Carlson's is one I use as well. So, mm-hmm. um, But and even getting, you know, 600 milligrams of that good DHA per day will help. You know, your breast milk be very sufficient in it, and then the baby's gonna get it. So, I would say Got that it. would be a good start.
0: And breast milk has cholesterol by design. That's what God yeah. wanted these babies to have: is fat and cholesterol <laughs> primarily. So, don't be afraid. You know of mm-hmm. you know that's not the where most the cholesterol comes from anyways, the diet, but. Um, yeah. You know, people who are cutting out eggs and you know trying to yeah. reduce their cholesterol. This is not, you know, the goal here. <laughs>
1: no, it's it, the goal is to get lots of good cholesterol, especially from the egg yolks. Um, plus, they have the egg yolks have 100 milligrams each of DHA if you're getting them from free-range chickens. So that's another good way to get DHA. Um, hmm. You know, and that's what we should be eating in the morning. We should be eating protein, so eggs or like a good sausage or, um, you know, leftover steak from the night before. You know, it should be something that's rich in those good fatty acids, plus the, um, the omega threes. So
0: and the and the and the so cholesterol. Do items. your kids? Do your kids eat eggs with you in the morning? A lot of times, yeah. three, five, and seven. <laughs> yes, I
1: have two that are pretty good egg eaters. My Genevieve, she's my five-year-old. She eats basically the same thing every morning, unless it's her favorite sausage, which I get from the farmers mm-hmm. market. Um, but she eats um, whole-fat yogurt with some whey protein powder, um, uh, and then fruit in it. And she absolutely mm-hmm. that's her favorite. So, yeah. So, but then she okay. takes fish oil on the side. Yeah. So I mean, there's I mean, there's lots of things you can do, um, but. Eggs, I would say, would be the richest source of that co- good cholesterol and that good DHA. So.
0: And how do you cook your eggs for your family I, and you?
1: I usually, um, I usually do a scramble, but make sure I don't overcook them. Otherwise, you're going to lose all that those good fatty acids. So, mm-hmm. um, and then I put vegetables in there. I usually do like something like a broccoli slaw or some mushrooms because my kids like mushrooms. Um, and or sometimes I do um, an over easy egg too. I like that, and so the yolk stays intact and doesn't get too hard. I like that a mm-hmm. lot too. So, um, how? Oh, I make egg bake. My kids love egg bake, and that's how I get my my middle one to eat eggs, is <laughs> so I make egg bake all the time, and they love that. And I put spinach and I put some good chorizo sausage in there, and it's tasty.
0: So. But there's no bread, like a lot of baked, baked, No, right? there's no bread.
1: <laughs> a lot of times Amazing. what I do, if I have time to do this, is I will, um, for a crust, I will um, steam some cauliflower and mash it into the, the bottom of the pan. Um, mm-hmm. And if I don't have time to do that, then I'll just um, layer some a small amount of hash browns um, on the bottom, and that's the crust.
0: So. Okay. It's good stuff, yeah. And then it's done ahead of time, which is, you know, one of our issues that we don't have time to cook. So right. you make this whole nine by thirteen, and then you can even eat it cold. You can yeah. even cook it in little muffin cups, and then it's a little bit more fun. Yeah. <laughs> and grab and go. Yes. Yeah, so the
1: best thing then,
0: I use um, at what age do babies get to enjoy egg yolks in in your world?
1: in my world. You well, know, I I usually when my kids were young like that, I started them around five. I tested it at 5 months to see if they were interested. Um mm-hmm. and then um but most babies um even at the age of 4 months can handle a uh, soft-boiled egg yolk with, you know, a little bit of breast milk, um and avocado. So that's that's you know, 4 months is when you can st- start trying it to see if they're interested. Um most of my kids were oh, closer to five or six
0: months. So, and, then, and this um, is where I failed to my, failed my children too, as <laughs> I thought because my pediatrician said rice cereal yeah. is where we start, and um, so we did that. And now, come to find out, you know that's not the best foods for babies. <laughs> Um, There's a lot of problems with starting infants on grains because, you know, there's anti-nutrients in the grains and um, gut irritants, and you're setting them up for possible, you know, sensitivities down the road. So people were probably surprised to hear you say egg yolk. Now, we're not talking about the white because we don't want to, you know, (laughs) set them up. Yes, with
1: the egg yolk and... Yeah, so, I mean, and and even liver, if you can get your hands on a good chicken or beef liver that has been raised, you know, the right way on Mm -hmm. grass, um, that would be a good thing to introduce um, the first time, too, like with a little bit of egg yolk. Um, Those things are so rich in nutrients. It would be the best thing to give to your baby. So um, that would be the second food I'd give them, (laughs) beef liver. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so you know they we think they're not gonna like it, but they don't know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, they have, have no idea. Have they're like, oh, what is things. this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. I know because we're as adults. If we're the, you know, if that was the first time we got liver, we probably didn't like it. <laughs> but you know, they yeah. this is the first thing they're tasting, so they don't know any different.
0: So. Yeah, it's like finally something different. So. Um, yeah. Now, and after Ari- you move from, go ahead.
1: Um, You mentioned the grains, right? Like the rice cereal and stuff. I just wanted to mention to those who don't understand why we're (laughs) recommending egg yolk. um, It's because most kids, and this has been researched, that if, you know, they don't have the enzymes in their gut to to digest the grains. And that's why you don't really want to give them grains until they're over a year old.
0: So, Mm -hmm. anyway, you probably knew that, but I didn't. You know, I know things and then I forget things. And so it's good. That's (laughs) why we're having two of us on this topic. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so then after egg yolk and avocado and liver, um, do you have a certain order? Like what about pureed meats or vegetables, you know, sweet potatoes, things like that?
1: Yep, so usually once they kind of they get used to the egg yolk and if they've been introduced to the liver and the avocado, then I start adding in, like, pureed um, beef or um, chicken, if you can get it to that con- good consistency. And then I add um, any uh, a lot of types of vegetables. The cruciferous ones tend to be really hard and, and cause a lot of gas, so I tend to not add those until later. Um but, like, green beans, I always, I've pureed up green beans. I've pureed up um, sweet potatoes. Um, all of my kids loved sweet potatoes. Um, you could do parsnips. You could do carrots. I did um, beets. I mean, all those wonderful nutrient-dense vegetables. Um, yeah, anything you can puree up to a good consistency uh, would be awesome for the vegetables. And then same with the protein. Um if you can find good free-range turkey, I did that as well. Um, and it's super easy to freeze. I just froze it in little ice cube trays and, you know, popped mm. a couple out and let them thaw out, so.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and did you do that with your vegetables too, freeze? Yes. Period. and yep, freeze? then I just, yep, and then I mixed them because well, this is what, and all babies are different, but I found with mo- most most of my kids that if I mix them together, they were more likely to actually eat more of it because of the, you know, they didn't just have the meat, you know, they had the vegetables mm-hmm. in there, so they had a different flavor. So they tended to like that a little bit better than just doing it on its own.
0: So, yeah, and all those little jars, they can get expensive, but not all of them <laughs> are, you know, perfect either because they have, don't they have to, um, you know, kill them with a little bit of heat? <laughs> yeah. If they're going to sell them as jarred <laughs> food. Do. So the nutrients, um, maybe not so good in there, and and then just the expense. So, you know, just take a half a day in the kitchen and cook some vegetables, mash them up, freeze them, and, um, you know, save yourself some money, but give your child lots of nutrients that way. Um so your children i remember i can't remember the details but there are some food sensitivities going on in your house can you tell us yep. about that how did you figure it out what were their symptoms and you know well, what's going on now those,
1: okay yeah so um isabel was the one who didn't have anything which is great she was the oldest but then genevieve had very severe dry skin and it 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 was it kind of turned out to be eczema and so i kept, i basically kept her off dairy for a good two years, and then I introduced um, small amounts of goat, goat cheese and things like that, and she seems to do okay with it now. Um, so, and she doesn't have any type of eczema. Um, her skin okay. does get pretty dry in the winter, but uh, um, I just make sure to um, not bathe her as often, obviously. Um, but then Lucas had severe allergies. Um, when he, I was nursing him and at four months he just all of a sudden had all this eczema all over his body and um so what i did is i basically did an elimination diet so i took out the gluten and the dairy and that didn't seem to clear it up totally so then i took out eggs which i love and and Mm -hmm. then my chocolate that was another big one and within a week of taking those other two out his eczema was almost totally gone Wow. Um, so, yeah, so I was dairy, gluten, egg, and chocolate free for over, almost a year. And then when he was 14 months, he kind of weaned himself off of nursing. And then um, um, I introduced um, a little bit of goat's milk, yogurt, and goat cheese, and he seemed to do fine with that. Um, but he pretty much eats. He still eats gluten free um, because I notice, um, like, if he goes to uh, like a in-laws birthday party and he gets a piece of cake or a cookie, it like his skin, especially on his face, breaks out. And so mm-hmm. I know that's still a huge issue and it'll probably be an issue for the rest of his life. So, um, but yeah, so but that's how I found out how sensitive I was to those things too, because I was still doing some dairy and I was still doing small amounts of gluten. And after that, I was like, wow. Because most babies, right. most babies react to what you're sensitive to, and that's what most women mm-hmm. who are breastfeeding don't realize. But and I didn't either. Um, but once you take those offenders out, then the baby doesn't react to them anymore, and you know later on they might be able to tolerate small amounts of those things. So, yeah. So that's okay. how that's kind of how I dealt with it. But yeah, I mean,
0: um, yeah. Some some of us have. Now breastfeeding so does other things for the bacteria the good bacteria for the child as well as, you know, vaginal delivery. So, what yeah. about you know, let's talk about these kids who either they're you know, born via C-section and or they're not being nursed. What's going on with their normal probiotics that should be there?
1: Um, they virtually don't get any. <laughs>
0: not. <None>.
1: Unfortunately, <laughs> Unfortunately because that's where we you know initially we you know we get that good flora through the vaginal tract and then we also if we're breastfed we get it through the through you know breast milk um but if they're if they're born C-section and you know the woman decides she can't nurse or she doesn't you know she doesn't want to then they are set up from from the get-go for you know getting specific allergies, especially food sensitivities. For asthma, they have a higher rate of asthma um, or risk of asthma. Um, also, ADD is a lot more prevalent in those babies that don't get that good flora initially and, and get it throughout their infancy. Um, and even learning disabilities um, are, are huge as well. We see that with um, kids that have not been breastfed or don't get that initial flora. Um, and just an example, my niece is a perfect example of this um She is three and a half. she has had severe eczema um and very very sensitive skin since she was one month old and mm. she was she was born um c section um her mom uh, my sister was not able to breastfeed she breastfed for like two days and then um her breast milk wasn't coming in enough so they just went straight to formula and Mm -hmm. um and so and you so you saw it from the get-go like at a month she was just totally all over Mm -hmm. her body there was you know rubbing her with cortisone cream all all the time and it was just so sad to see and Mm -hmm. and i knew what was going on and so i you know and alicia you know listened to me and, and she gave her bifido for like six months but then after that she kind of fell off the wagon and and so, she still
0: has very, very bad, poor skin. So yeah, and I, you know, we aren't told this because it's just no. not common knowledge that, um, you know, and I'm sure you see kids like twelve, thirteen, fourteen who like can't poop and they gotta take medication yes. for constipation. And you start asking questions, and then you see this history of antibiotic use, uh, just you know you know, coming up short on the probiotic scale for, for yes. you know, three reasons that we've already identified. So you mentioned um, bifido, and that's a type of probiotic that you recommend. Um, at yep. what age? Let's say you have a baby and all of a sudden you realize, oh, my gosh, that's my baby they're talking about. So what can we do to help this mother? <laughs> um, okay, so
1: you can start a baby on you know those good probiotics like bifido, like right away, and actually, what I did, even though I knew I had the good flora, I started um putting very small amounts on my finger and let let my kids look it off or I'd you know put it some on my my breast so you know when they breastfed they'd get it um if you if you can't nurse um you can always put it in um their bottle, and I would start with about an eighth of a teaspoon of the powder of bifido. Um just because that's m- the most abundant in the gut, so we like to use that the um the most and I do that maybe two or three times a day and then then you know that they're getting that good flora no matter how you know what they're getting either formula or nursing or breast milk um and um it'll just prevent a lot of problems you know um in the future so,
0: so some people may have heard of acidophilus, but we're talking about. Bifidopolis, is that the right term? Um, B- yeah, B- and then is there a, a number yeah. of organisms in an eighth of a teaspoon? So if they're getting a different brand than, yeah. you know, your brand, is there something they can look for?
1: Yeah. There's. Um, it's usually in billions of organisms. Usually I say um, for a baby, like an infant, um, if they can get between two and three billion two to three times a day, that would be awesome. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then I know um, you use NutriKey.net. If they don't have a source, they could get yours. Yes, order from ours. Yes. And then as they get older, let's say you know toddlers, children, adolescents, do you continue on with that, and how does the dosage change? Yep.
1: Um, Usually, you you what you do is. Like for an adolescent Or my kids I usually give them Because um, it's usually a maintenance dose If they don't have a lot of intestinal problems I give my girls Like a, 3 billion, a capsule Three billion um, And that's that's good to maintain The good flora My son, mm-hmm. I, I still give him powder Obviously and I sometimes put that in yogurt Which is easy for him to eat um, And he probably gets 3 to 4 billion per day. So um, it does, it's more of a okay. maintenance dose once they have that good flora. So you don't have to give them as much um, unless they've got issues
0: going on. So. Okay. And yeah. so you supplement with Bifido. What about the DHA, vitamin D? Um, do the babies need that yet?
1: Yes. And I was actually going to mention vitamin D. Um, but DHA, yes. And I would say, you know, once they're able to take like a teaspoon of cod liver oil, um, or Mm -hmm. um, just any good omega-3 fish oil, and they do have liquid DHA too, if you just want to stick with DHA, um, that would be that would be the best thing to do. And just do once you could just do it once a day, a teaspoon a day. Um, My now my girls they like this. um, It's from Nordic Naturals, and it's a strawberry essence. DHA and it tastes like strawberries and they think it's candy so I give them yeah. I give them two to three a day and that's about four to six hundred milligrams of DHA so is that that's chewable? Good. yeah it's a it's not labeled the chewable but what my kids do is they just break it open with their teeth and suck out the the good stuff <laughs> so, and then they spit out the gel cap
0: <laughs> okay yeah yeah <laughs> The cod liver oil, a lot of kids just like the taste. Now people who haven't had it, it it's improved, you know, with lemon yeah. or, you know, strawberry essence or whatever, strawberry, but yeah. it's not It's not bad. And some kids will, like, clap their hands and, like, ooh, fishy oil, you know. So don't, <laughs> like, put your preconceived, you know, ideas into their little heads. Just say, yes. oh,
1: good, look what you get. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's so good for you, so. Yeah, but that, you can start them at a really young age. You know, as soon as they can swallow those types of things, I would definitely start them. So,
0: okay. Yeah. Now, does your 7-year-old um, go away to school and eat lunch there yet, or is she still at home?
1: Nope, she she's in first grade. She'll be going to second grade, so she does go to school. Um, I always send her with a lunch. Um, And she's my best eater by far, so usually she will take either some type of meat roll up she loves ham so and a roll up is basically you can do it three different ways i just take meat and i either um spread hummus or um avocado in there or cream cheese and then you just roll it up like you're going to eat a like a roll like a you know like a wrap so she mm-hmm. takes those a lot she take I always give her a piece of fruit and then she loves cucumbers and her favorite thing is when I um sprinkle sea salt over them so usually mm-hmm. she'll get some type of vegetable like that and then um I try to get some good fat in there um so she doesn't always eat it but um if cuz if she doesn't have the to roll up then she doesn't have a lot of fat so but usually avocado or hummus is in there so yeah and then she usually takes her water bottle and that's usually what she eats or um, leftovers, like I said, she's a great eater. She'll eat, she'll take chicken wild rice soup to school in a thermos. Um, mm-hmm. she'll take smoked trout to school. <laughs> she's an just amazing like every eater, kid, so. right? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, she's my sushi eater. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. she loves fish. So she's not, I don't think she'll ever be, you know, deficient in omega-3s. <laughs> but, yeah, so she takes anything. And I think we just have to, as parents, and I know it's hard when you work and you're busy, and um, but you don't have to just send them with sandwiches. You can you can be creative. They like that. Most kids would love to have you know chili or something something of like a leftover hot hot dish. I mean, my daughter gets excited when she gets chicken wild rice soup for for lunch. So, mm-hmm. um, you know we yeah, have to so we have to be we have to plan. It's huge. Planning's huge when you're eating. You know. A, a traditional food diet. So
0: It is. So maybe we could talk about that for a minute. Um, you know, because healthy eating starts at home, and yes, you can be a full-time working parent or a busy homeschooling mom and, and do this yep. cooking from scratch, but a lot of us weren't taught. You know, maybe you grew up... Um, with TV dinners and stuff that came out of the drive-up window, but you can still learn, and cooking real food is, you know, not that hard because you're not making these elaborate, you know, sauces and seven-layer lasagnas and all that. Um, You know, get the grill going and throw on a couple things of chicken and burgers and, you know, have enough for a few meals. So the thing that does not work is, it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and you have no idea what is for dinner. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. It takes planning, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. So,
0: you know, let's talk about some planning tips, you know, how to prepare ahead and things that maybe you do at your own home or how you advise others to make this, you know, real food thing happen.
1: Yeah. Well, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll try to plan out at least three or four different meals throughout the week because usually I don't cook every night just because, you know, we're busy and we have events and stuff like that going on. So I, what I'll do is I'll sit down like on Sunday night and I'll say, okay, I'm, Monday I don't have to teach, so I'm going to make, you know, muffin tin meatloaf and I'll make a double batch so we have, you know, leftovers. And then maybe Wednesday um, I'm I'm home all day. And so I will take a couple hours when my son is napping and I will make either chili or I will make um, like a turkey wild rice casserole and I'll throw that in the oven and I'll make like a double batch of that. Or um, on a night I'm going to teach, and my husband's not a bad cook, but he just, you know, he he gets overwhelmed when the kids are home with him and he's a to (laughs) (laughs) So he doesn't feel like cooking. So what I do is I, those nights I... um, I, may, I get something in the crock pot going. So I will make um, either like a white chicken chili in there or I'll throw um, um, a roasting chicken in there and then throw some vegetables in there with it um, and just say, you know, have a salad, you know, on the side. And mm-hmm. you can do that. That's easy. <laughs> um, or, you know, a roast. I mean, roasts are awesome in the crock pot and, you know, you know eight to nine hours on low is perfect for a roast and that's a lot of times what i do too and i'm just you know if i have a small roast i put two of them in there so i have leftover mm-hmm. meat for a couple of days after um another one i i do and this is one of the easiest recipes we have is it's called cream cheese crockpot chicken and mm. we used to have it on our website if anybody's interested they can totally contact me because <laughs> it's super easy um and what you do is you just you can use frozen chicken breasts and you throw um four or five of them in there. I usually do six because I like to have a lot of leftovers. And um and then you pour a, a large can of tomatoes or three to four good sized tomatoes in there, a jar of good salsa, um, a can of black beans, um drained and then um the optional is corn. I don't usually put corn in because I, we don't digest it very well, and it's just more starch. So, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and then you you cook that on high for about four hours, or low if it's if the chicken breasts are thawed. And then you add a half a brick or a full brick of you know full fat cream cheese, and then you let that meld, you know, for about 30 minutes. And then you just you shred up the chicken, and it's like a stew, and it is phenomenal. And then mm. I usually. Because there's not a ton of vegetables in there, I usually eat a salad on the side or I'll make, you know, like, you know, some broccoli and steam steam or sauté some broccoli. And it's deli- it's like the easiest thing you could ever do. And the good thing is that you don't have to be totally prepared because you can use frozen chicken. So
0: good. Yeah. if you wants
1: that recipe, they can totally, you know, email me. So yeah, nice. why
0: don't you give us um, your the website for Nutritional yeah. Weight and Wellness and then how to contact you since you offered that up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so
1: um, our website is weightandwellness.com, www.weightandwellness.com. Everything is spelled out. And then my email is Anna, so A-N-N-A at weightandwellness.com.
0: Okay, thank you. Yeah. And there are recipes. A lot of the things that you've mentioned are probably on your website, like Online, yes. muffin tin meat meatloaf. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, making things interesting to kids, you know, sometimes it's like that, like making mini meatloafs and little egg cups. And um, what other, like, kid-friendly yeah. ideas do you have for making food fun?
1: <laughs> well, I use toothpicks. So especially for vegetables, because they they kind of feel like it's fun to eat off wood sticks. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I do that. I put that. I put little toothpicks in like vegetables. I also make a really good ranch dip, which is actually on our website. It's called the Little Dippers recipe. And okay, it's just you know, it's just mayo and sour cream and some good um, some good spices, um, and that's really really good. And I use that with vegetables. I use it with. If I just make um, almond meal chicken strips, um, you know, there's several things you can use it for. I've used it on a salad. Um, so, but it's one of the it's something that my kids will eat anything with. Or if you don't have time to make that, which is it's really simple. But if you don't have time, um, there's a couple different brands of dressings I like to use. Um, you've probably heard of them, Erin. But one of them is Annie's, um, and then another one I like is okay. Drew's because it doesn't use refined oils. So, mm-hmm. um, and they have a really good cowgirl ranch that my kids like. Um, the the biggest thing I find, if you want to get your kids involved in eating real food, you have to let them cook with you sometimes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Mhm.
1: It's huge, and I've seen it in my girls. They they light up when I say, "Do you guys want to help me cook?" You know, and they get their stools out, and they they have little aprons that I bought them, and you know, it's like they're a part of the food and mm-hmm. so they want to actually eat it. And that is, I mean, my girls will eat probably twice as much as they would have eaten without them helping me. So, you know, or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Right. They, they really want to eat the food because they feel like they helped, you know, make it a part of our family. And so, um, it's huge. So I think that's the biggest thing. And sometimes we just want to get dinner made and be done with it. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's so helpful when they want to help and at that age if they want to help. <laughs> so I let my girls right. chop vegetables and I, you know, I let them stir, stir um, you know, the soup and all that stuff. And they just, you know, they, they absolutely love it. So I think that's huge if we can just help let our kids help us.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember um, I never, ever ate fish growing up. And, um <laughs> As a teenager, another family took me, you know, vacation and we went fishing and then the dad, you know, prepared and like, here's the fish you caught, you know, so I thought, well, I got to try this, so that might be another (laughs) tip too, if your kids don't eat fish, take them fishing and then make a big deal about the one they caught, I mean, they gave me an award for catching a fish and... And and so you know, I'm not saying I became a, a fish eater, but that was the first time I ate it and then I slowly started wading in with, you know, mild white fish and right. you know, then you work your way up to salmon and then you, you know, can get some uh anchovies <laughs> or then those little or guys sardines. sardines. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's so right. how do you get your kids I know you've mentioned in the past about um um is it Isabel or Jennifer Isabel that eats everything, right? Yes, it's eats everything. Smoked fish and um, yes. smoked trout. So how do you get your kids to eat, you know, sardines? <laughs> um,
1: this is what I do, and this is kind of how I started eating sardines because I was so scared of them at first. And I love fish, so I don't <laughs> know why I was so scared of them. But what I did is I uh, I either get water packed or um, the olive oil packed, and I I make it into kind of like a tuna salad, only it's with sardines. So I I'll add mm-hmm. a little bit of mayo. And I usually get the skinless, boneless, because that just freaks me out when I see a whole fish. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't handle skin. So I usually get the skinless and the boneless, and that's what I do for my kids. Otherwise, they, they might kind of look at me weird if I'm making them eat skin. And I put a little bit of mayo in there, and then um, I get a really good sweet pickle relish from Trader, Trader Joe's, which doesn't have any high fructose corn syrup, and I put about one one and a half tablespoons in there. And um and it's already pretty salty, so I don't add anything else, and I just mix it up. And um I usually eat it on like a bed of greens. Um, my daughter likes it on a like a piece of um, sprouted toast, so that's what I give her. Um, my other two, they will eat like maybe a quarter cup, but it's more than (laughs) it's more than what they used to eat, you know. So, um, Mm -hmm. but my son, my son will eat it. He's gotten to the point where he likes fish just on its own, so he will actually take a fork and just eat it with a fork. He doesn't even need to eat anything with it. Um,
0: And that's your 3-year-old, so, right? <laughs> and that's my
1: 3-year-old. So he's he is a really good eater, too, when he wants to be. <laughs> I think he's in that mm-hmm. stage where he just wants to graze all day long. So um, I try to get as much good food <laughs> as I can. Yeah. And, at, and then at dinner he's starving, so he'll actually eat a really good dinner. But the rest of the day he kind of just grazes, so...
0: Well but let's that's talk about how graze, I grazing food. <laughs> so yeah. we know um we're not talking about fruit snacks or chips, no. you know, <laughs> or goldfish crackers because all yeah. of these have highly processed ingredients. They have, you know, grains that are um damaging, you know, the gut like gluten and yeah. artificial things like high fructose corn syrup and anything with corn in it is probably genetically modified. So what what are some smart snacks and that we can give our kids to take to school or just have out, you know, between meals?
1: Between meals, um, I do. My kids love beef sticks, so I do a lot of beef sticks, either from the farmers market or from the co-op. Um, you just want, you know, obviously you might make sure it's a, from a grass-fed source. Um, and then I shouldn't say obviously that's rude, but
0: try
1: <laughs> whenever possible. <laughs> Um, And then um, fruit is a great snack. Um, All my kids are good fruit eaters. Um, As I mentioned before, they also love cucumbers. Um, So I do that a lot. I cut cucumbers out because I like the crunch, and then I just sprinkle them with a little sea salt. Um, Genevieve, who is my pickiest eater, loves cherry tomatoes. She could live on them, so I usually have those out as well. Um, For Isabel, for snacks, she usually takes pistachios, and um, an apple. Um, she loves, mm. or if I have beef jerky on hand, the good beef jerky, um, you know, that I either made or got from Tra- mm-hmm. Trader Joe's, I'll put that in there. Because um, one time I sent her was just fruit, and she was like, "Mom, I'm starving," you know, and I felt so bad because she must not have had enough to eat. So I try yeah. to get one or, you know, two, like at least some fat in there, protein with her fruit. Um, uh, and and also um if they can handle dairy or um the a, the A2 <laughs> the a, is it the mm-hmm. A2 gene mm-hmm. I learned so much about that after I talked to you I'm so amazed um great <laughs> so yeah, but if you can get stuff. you know if you can get dairy products that have the A2 gene you know or like raw milk cheeses and things like that my kids love that for a snack with a piece of fruit or strawberries you know um so those are good grazing, you know, or if you get, um, my kids love the the rice crackers, like the nut thins, so I'll have that out um, with a little hummus and maybe um, um, some turkey. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, we think of finger foods as, cra- like you said, crackers and fruit snacks and, you know, pretty much processed things, but they don't, it, finger foods don't have to be like that. You know, they can, they might take a little bit more work because you have to chop them up, but. They are, you know, or apples and peanut butter. That's a great snack. I do that often as well, and it's really refreshing on a hot summer day too.
0: So Yeah, or like ants you know. on a log where you have, you know, like yes. almond butter or something on a piece of celery with a few raisins. Um, yep. Or just, you know, a smaller version of a meal, like a small bowl of chili or a little bit of, you know, egg salad or tuna salad yep. with, you totally. know, and they can even dip their vegetables. In that, if In they that. want guacamole.
1: Yep, exactly. Like my son will take, if I make salmon salad, he'll take little baby carrots and he'll dip his carrot into the salmon. And sometimes he just sucks the salmon salad off. So ah. like, you know, whatever works. Whatever. But, you know, yeah, because cause they'll eat it, you know, if they're used to eating that way. And the the problem is is that, most kids are starting off eating processed foods, and then we're trying to get them to eat real food, and that's yeah. that's the hardest part, you know. So right.
0: But, so the yeah, ones who are just preference. coming on the scene now, don't ruin them with <laughs> processed food, and yes. then you'll have good eaters.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. So.
0: So the um the thing you know that's really helpful if. Both parents can be on the same page because it doesn't help if one of you is trying to be, you know, a real food eater and feed the kids that way, and the other one's got, you know, soda pop and chips. And yeah, so that would be uh, really helpful. But there are two books that I wanted to recommend for parents that are like paleo type, um, you know, cookbooks yeah. with kid-friendly recipes. One um, is Eat Like a Dinosaur by Elena amsterdam and it's just a fun book you know kids yes. uh kid friendly they can look in it and pick things out and with crazy names that sounds you know <laughs> like silly food and the other one is yeah. paleo pals by paleo Sarah Pal. Fragoso. paleo okay. pals and then it's like subtitle is jimmy and the carrot rocket ship <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> so awesome. you know you just want fun things that your kids will say, "Yeah, let's make this. That looks like a good snack." Or you say, "What do you want to have for you know dinner? Why don't you pick something out of your you know book here and 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 then get them involved like you do." And I like that yeah. getting them apron ideas. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, even the little, little boys little may want one too, so don't yeah. leave them out. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. And I think my son doesn't care about cooking yet, so he's like, "Whatever." But hopefully... Yeah, just feed
0: me. (laughs)
1: Yeah, just feed me. Just give me the food. So, yeah. The other thing is... Go ahead, Erin.
0: Go ahead. (laughs) I was just going to
1: mention a smoothie. I I was going to mention, if your kids are not vegetable eaters and you're just trying to get stuff in them, um, the one thing I do is I put spinach in smoothies and my kids can't tell. So that's a good tip if anybody is really trying to get vegetables in
0: yeah, a green smoothie is, you know, you have to sell it. Like this is monster drink or something if you make it too green. But a lot of times it doesn't even change the color if you put berries in there. And and then yep. add, you know, some good protein powder. You use um, whey, but there's other, you know, like um, yeah, there's
1: other forms. raw protein yep, exactly. from Garden
0: of Life is is a good one. Because you don't want to just eat fruit um, alone yeah. at, when it can be vegetables, fat, and protein. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, exactly. And, you know, the fruit's there to make it taste good. But I was just going to mention, um, you can get online, probably in stores somewhere, bento boxes and, you know, just the compartment boxes to take lunch in so you can keep meat separate from fruit, separate from, you know, salad. And then it's a little bit more fun. They even have, you know, they have plastic, but they have stainless steel bento boxes too. Um, so we're not just, you know brown bag and everything is a disaster, you know, by the time you get there. Right. So that, you know, in a thermos like you send, you know, to school can work too. Um, yep. What about um, treats? Like, you know, party, birthday, you know, it doesn't yeah. all have to go out the window, right?
1: <laughs> right. And actually, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because my husband found a recipe on Facebook and it was actually really bad. Like it was Cool Whip. They used Cool Whip and you know strawberries oh. to make this this mm-hmm. ice cream sandwich. And what I did mm-hmm. is like well I could do that with real whipping cream. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, I whipped up whipping cream and I actually just did this yesterday and then I okay. got some good Um, fro- I you can use frozen or fresh strawberries. I just used fr- frozen because I had them on hand and I chopped it. I let them thaw out a little bit and I chopped them up and I Whipped all that stuff up together and then I sweetened it with a little bit of pure maple syrup. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, they were mm-hmm. the best ice cream sandwiches ever. And I didn't even, I can't do gluten. And I got, I think I got gluten free um, natural graham crackers or something like that. So that was mm-hmm. the thing. I didn't, now I didn't even have that. The kids loved them, but I just had my own in a little dish. And yeah. you, 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 they, they need to freeze for about an hour and then they are mm-hmm. like just like, you know, frozen treats. And my kids thought they were better than the ones that um um that that were at that they were trying at Trader Joe's. So, you know, yeah, you good. can totally and it took me like 10 minutes to do that. You know? It didn't even take me that long. So, or right. um you know, so these things don't have to take forever. There's a great avocado chocolate mousse recipe that I found actually yes. one of my um my coworkers Gave it to me, and I was like, "This is the best stuff ever." And it's low in sugar, and it's high in those great fats from avocados. And mm-hmm. so, and and I just usually whip up some whipping cream and put that on top. Um, and then there's for birthday parties, um, so I can actually partake in things. I make um, a, a flourless chocolate torte, and. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Um, and it has, like, six ingredients in it, so I know it's actually more real than anything. <laughs> right. Um, you know, so, I mean, those are kind of things I do for treats. Um, my, kids, my kids sometimes have, you know, like regular regular Haagen-Dazs ice cream. I don't mind that. But they get, like, half a cup. Like, that's a serving. Um, mm-hmm. And what else? What else do we do for treats? Those are the big ones. Um I mean, I I usually do a little bit of dark chocolate with some almonds at night if I do feel like a treat, but um, yeah, it, I mean, there's um there's quite a I know there's a quite a few paleo recipes that you know are more like treats and they they are better for you and they're low in sugar. Um,
0: yeah, and that's, that's the that's way I you know find something like um, uh, an apple pie made with coconut flour almond flour crust.
1: And then just
0: apples with cinnamon, and you don't even have to sweeten it hardly at all, Um, and it can be, you know, it tastes really good. And then for a party, I made that avocado chocolate mousse, and then just put that on the bottom of the, um, you know, like parfait glass or something, and then cut up fruit, and then um, either coconut milk on it or heavy whipping cream whipped up. Um, And people loved that, and they didn't think, oh, this is healthy for me, but... You know, right,
1: because <laughs> they didn't know, right? Exactly. Yeah, you, can't tell. you can't tell. I mean, these things are so natural, and yet you can't tell that they're actually good for you. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: yeah, so it is you know, new to a lot of people who might be listening, and it might seem overwhelming, but you don't have to change overnight and become no. super mom. Just start picking one thing <laughs> that you want to do. You know, maybe you just want to work on getting dinner to be really healthy, pulling out the, you know, you don't have to have the bread, and um, you can just do, you know, the meat or fish and a couple of vegetables, a little bit of fruit, and it doesn't even have to be elaborate. And then once you feel like you're doing dinner well, because that's the closest to real food for most people, then,
1: you know, pick another
0: meal or pick a snack and just start introducing healthy snack choices and slowly stop buying, you know, the goldfish and cheerios that everybody yep. thinks babies have to eat cheerios <laughs> right i know it's so, that's it's such a misconception but yeah yeah so and, we're yeah. just trying to help um our kids be healthier and they're falling into a terrible terrible trap of too much processed food, and we don't want them to be that one in three who will have diabetes and the 30% who's overweight. And the studies say parents don't recognize their own children as being overweight or obese. And, you know, that's, I don't know why, you know, it's like the cute baby fat that is still there at 12 is really damaging health. Right. and we need to you know help our children they're not going to choose so you know getting the bad stuff out and the good stuff in and having lots of choices but the other thing would be making you know a family meal time that's free of distractions because even studies show just that one thing can dramatically lower obesity rates but uh 30% of families don't even eat together and the ones that do um like 25% eat together, but they're watching TV or somebody's on their phone or iPad or whatever. So, right. you know, just no make this holy ground. Yeah. Yes, yes. And so there's lots of benefits to, you know, also their behavior as well. Yeah. Um, so how do you have any um, tips? This isn't a food question, but how do you limit screen time and um, with your kids? Because they're, you know, growing up in this world of, you know everything computers and cell phones and you know there's got to be a limit <laughs>
1: yeah and i think what what i do is you know if they're eating i'm like you cannot watch tv because you're going to be distracted and then you're not going to eat so you know you have to sit in the kitchen and eat you know and once you're done um you know and then you know if they were watching a show or something but i you know i i you know if it's nice out they're outside. I'm like, we're not gonna mm-hmm. sit inside. We're not gonna do this stuff, you know, because we have six months of winter here. <laughs> so there's yeah. limited time when we can be outside all the time. So you know, and usually, you know, if you know, we don't watch a ton of TV. It's more, it's more if if we put a movie on. And so they probably don't watch more than two hours of of any type of you know television mm-hmm. per day. And it's not every day. Um, and I know some people don't, you know, they maybe do it once or twice a week. Um but um my kids are super active and sometimes they just need downtime, so I let them watch a movie, but the it is very limited especially if they're eating. Um and even the snack, yeah, you that's know. Yeah. You know, it's 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 hard with my daughter when she comes home cuz she just wants to veg, you know, she's tired. Um but I'm like, you know, I want you to get a good snack and then and then if you want to watch from TV, you can, but I don't want you to eat and just like mindlessly mm-hmm. eat because that's how we. That's what ha- what happens, and even as adults, you know, we, you know, we're tired from work and we sit down on the couch and then we just mindlessly eat and we don't even realize how much we're eating, you know. So. Right.
0: Yeah, you're like, yeah. gosh, did I just eat that? Because I don't, I don't think I yes. enjoyed it. <laughs>
1: exactly. Did I? Do I remember what it tasted like?
0: No. So. Well, there's oh, yeah. um Robert Lustig. Um, he's a physician, a pediatric. Endocrinologist at University of California, and he has a suggestion, um, and you know he helps overweight kids and kids with diabetes and everything. That for every minute of screen time, then require a minute of exercise, so
1: um,
0: you know you can keep it more balanced. And or or, you know if if it's not going to be you know exercise, uh, you know reading a book or something that's Equally beneficial, but
1: yes, moving
0: yes. is the idea, and you know the kids don't get enough chances to do that. So yeah, force them outside. Yeah. <laughs> you must that's go right. play. That's great. Force
1: outside. You have to go outside and play. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's that's a that's great advice because they they say sitting is what actually is deteriorating our health, like all the sitting we do. So yeah, you know, it, yeah, you know, and we it's just have only going to
0: gonna get more. worse, kids. Yes. <laughs> And they're cutting exactly. gym class out of schools in some cases, and so we've got to figure out how we get our kids moving. Yeah. So, right. well, Anna, thank you so much for being on the show today. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks,
1: Erin. It was awesome. Maybe maybe we can meet up sometime.
0: I'd love to meet you. Yes. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm sure I'm going to be destined for a shopping trip up at the Mall of America. So. <laughs> I will make it a business trip, too. (laughs) All right. So Anna can be reached at uh, weightandwellness.com. And you're seeing clients in um, Maple Grove, is that it?
1: Yes, yep, in the Maple Grove office.
0: Okay. And I have a new office myself here in Gurney, Illinois. So I am doing nutritional consultations um, in northern Illinois, and either one of us can meet up with you on the phone or Skype as well. Um, yeah. There is usually a real food answer to a lot of the chronic conditions that people are suffering with, and you don't have medication deficiency, and we can help you sort some of that out. So thank you, Anna, and thank you, listeners. Thank you, I hope you all have a great day. All right. Take Bye. care. Bye. You Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18+ terms and conditions apply. See website for details.